Diocese of Davenport, Vision 2020, Convocation, June 6th through the 8th, 2019, at St. Ambrose University, Davenport, Iowa. Breakout session, How to Evangelize Married Couples. Ryan Petret and Tony and Laureen Kenobi, June 6, 2019. Copyright 2019, Diocese of Davenport. Thank you, Marianne. Um, obviously, we're here to, to share what we've learned uh, with you. We're very excited to be here. We're glad that you came to join us. And um, our goal, our mission here today is not to be the experts. Uh, we're not trained professionals. We've tried some things in our parish, uh, some that have worked well, some that uh, we're gonna adjust a little bit. Um, but our mission really, our, our goal is to inspire you uh, to try some of the same things or just to do something uh, in your parish. Uh, we're here today, as you all are, to be fed. Um, the three of us are here to feed. And uh, again, we're all here to, to inspire you. I called my mother today, uh, who's in an assisted living home in uh, Western Island, Carroll. Carroll, the capital of the Catholic uh, in the world, I would, I would like to say. Everybody in Carroll County was Catholic when I was growing up. But um, I, you know, she said, what's new with you? And I told her what we were gonna be doing today. And she said, oh my. <laughs> I'll say some prayers. So you do that, Mom. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll start with a prayer in a little bit. Um, but I, I like to think of our journey in faith um, as a climb up the stairs of the Empire State Building. It's 100 stories. It's a lot of steps. And we who have tried a few things and found some success really are on the second step of the first floor, looking down on those who haven't yet made that part of the journey saying, woo, here we are, isn't this great up here? Um, so we all have a long way to go and we have a long way to go as well. So we'd love to learn from you. Uh, we'd love to, to take your questions towards the end of the program. Um, if you have clarifying questions about a particular slide or misheard or weren't sure what you heard along the way, please ask, um, but we will have plenty of time at the end uh, to take your questions. So let us start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear God, thank you for the gift of marriage. Thank you for our spouses. Although we may have faults and failures, help us to continue to see the good in each other. Help us to continue to love each other unconditionally. Protect our marriage from outside threats. Guard our hearts from temptation and the evil that tries to divide what you have brought together. Give us strength to overcome any adversity and come out victorious. I pray that our relationship grows and matures as we continue to enjoy life together. Fill us with passion and help us to be intentional about showing our love for each other. Convict our hearts when we are wrong and help us to be quick to forgive and restore. Bless our marriage and help us always draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I want to start with a question. How many of you, show of hands, have done something in your parish to evangelize, to support, to encourage um, healthy Christian marriages? Great. Uh, and we'll spend some time, a couple, three of you, uh, spend some time. Uh, towards the end, finding out more about what you're doing because we want to steal your ideas and we encourage you to steal ours. Um, when I first, um, when we first uh, talked about doing something in our parish, uh, or at least reviving what we had tried 20 years ago, and we'll explain that a little bit, um, I called around every priest I knew, every friend, every relative in another parish somewhere, I called Protestant ministers that I knew that were good friends. And the question was the same to everybody. What are you doing in your parish to support healthy Christian marriages? And the answer was the same everywhere. Crickets. Followed by, that's a great idea. We should do something. If you figure something out, let us know and we'll copy you. Um, so. That really drove home the point that we needed to do something in our parish. 
and, uh, and wanted to get something started. So the importance of supporting Christian marriages. We believe that if we support the marriages in our parish and can be role models for a good Christian marriage, we encourage strong families. Those strong families then strengthen our parish, our strong families then produce confident children ready to learn, and our strong families encourage all vocations, including religious vocations. So Marianne introduced us, and we can say a little bit more, I guess, if you want. I am actually married. My wife's not here today. She's herding cats in my house with my three kids and my brother's two kids. So I texted her the line from uh, Mike's presentation of where the Holy Spirit is, there is chaos. And she said, amen. So, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we've been married for about 20 years. We do have three kids. Moved, grew up in Iowa, moved back here from ironically Lafayette, Louisiana, which is kind of funny. Uh, but, uh, and have made St. Paul's our home since we got there. And I've known Tony and Lorraine for about as long as we've been there. Uh, Lorraine was a fourth grade teacher when we came to town, and uh, we have a, a great core group of uh, some like-minded couples that have gotten involved in this that we're going to talk about today. And Tony and I have been married um, 37 years. We have two children. Um, one is married, and she and her husband, Stu, are going to have our first grandchild in September, so we're excited for a little girl. Yeah. And then our son, Blake, is out in South in, um, Seattle, Washington, as a biology major. But um, I will be retiring soon, and we'll both be retiring and to do some traveling. And, and uh, there's something else coming down the pike. I don't know. There's uh, being called to do something else. So we're kind of deciding what that's going to be. We've both been uh, very active in our parish. I love to tell the story that when I, by myself, first moved to town before we were married, I moved into Winding Hills Apartments, not far from our parish, and got Back then, you got the phone book out to find the nearest parish and found St. Paul's. And having grown up in a small town in western Iowa, Saturday night is when you go to Mass because that's when all the young people go and when you go out to the movies or to eat or driving around or whatever you do. And so I went to, holy smokes, 4.30 Mass on Saturday. I didn't even have time to do the chores before then. So <laughs> I went to 4.30 Mass, hoping to find my people, and it was you people, old. <laughs> <laughs> Right here. Whoa, this isn't for me. And found another parish and went there until we bought a house four blocks up the street and joined St. Paul's. And we've been very active and very engaged there uh, ever since. Um, Ryan and I have a connection that's not in print here, but um, as Mary Ann said, I do a little hobby farming and I grow wheat and barley and I sell those products to Ryan, who turns them into whiskey in his distillery in the flare. That's, that's your barley field in the background, right there. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's a picture of Lorraine and I at St. Rita's in uh, Italy, St. Rita's Basilica in Italy, last fall when we took a trip of a lifetime and saw all those wonderful sights, sights and sounds and, and uh, food especially. So just to give you a little perspective about our parish, St. Paul the Apostle here in Davenport is uh, a fairly large parish, uh, I would guess, especially compared to some of our rural parishes um, in the diocese. We have a little over a thousand families on paper. That number is probably debatable, uh, but that's what we have in the record. Uh, we do have a school, about just shy of 500 students. Uh, we do preschool all the way up through eighth grade. Um, that brings a really interesting population into the fold for us, and that we do have a lot of young families. Um, but because we're a large parish, we've got really varied uh, uh, populations, if you will, within it. And I'm not saying uh, ethnic or anything like that. I'm just saying we have four masses a weekend. And if you go to those four masses, you probably feel like you're in four different churches because we kind of have catered to different interests and um, styles in those four uh, masses. Um, and in that, we have people that are looking for different things out of what is delivered to them through their service, through what they uh, expect from the Mass, what they're participating in, and things like that. Varied ages, varied families, all those different things. And sometimes that can be a blessing and a curse. Um, and I'm sure some of you from, I've, we all grew up in small town parishes where you know every single person in the church. 
Um, and in this case, at St. Paul's, that's definitely not the case, not because we're not friendly people, but because we're big enough and we do have people. I can go to, I usually go to 11 o'clock mass. They usually go to 530. Um, we're not gonna see each other unless we hook up uh, in small groups and things like that. So we do have, though, have a very strong small group culture in our parish and that people are used to participating in small groups. They are engaged by that. Uh, we have a good track record in delivering um, engaging material and things like that to people through that. So we've gotten past that kind of awkward stage of, oh boy, I don't want to join a small group because I might have to talk about a feeling or something. Um, so that's a positive for St. Paul's. And that is a real barrier and something to consider if you're thinking about implementing something like this in your parish. So we do have good participation and good involvement, but it's kind of all over the place. And so um, sometimes we have to try to reach out and connect all those pieces together in order to be successful. So this slide titled Identifying the Need, it's not very hard in society today to understand that marriages are struggling. And I think I would argue marriages have been struggling throughout time. Read the Bible, you'll see it. Um, but especially today, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the distractions um, for marriages. But um, Lorraine and I and some other couples felt a very strong need to do something. Um, this topic is entitled engage or evangelizing to married couples. I don't know that that's necessarily our primary mission, but that's certainly uh, the result of it. We are trying to help couples become stronger, stronger couples in a Christ-centered way. How can that not be evangelizing to married couples? Um, we know family members, we know friends, we know, you know people who aren't yet our friends, who will be someday, who are struggling, um, and I don't mean on the brink of divorce. I just mean fighting and not knowing how to make up, uh, not knowing how to prioritize the time in their lives, not knowing how to apologize, not knowing how to communicate, all kinds of things uh, around us. It's not hard. I'm sure you have it in your parishes. Uh, so we felt this strong need to do that. So, it's not very hard, as I mentioned, to think about all the things that are, are, are distractions in our marriages. I love to tell a story about a former uh, employee of mine when I was a bank manager uh, here in, in Davenport. Um, and I'll change her name to protect the innocent. Let's call her Lori. Uh, Lori and I uh, work together on a daily basis, and so that means you also talk about your family, your hobbies, your you know, friends and interests and, and whatever. Um, and Lorraine and I had been on a trip to somewhere, just the two of us. Got sitters for the kids, made arrangements for all of that, and just spent some we time. And I asked Lori, um, when was the last time that she and Larry had done that? Oh, no, right now it's about the kids. It's about the kids. We're just focused on the kids. You know, until they're gone, that's, that's our focus. And I said, wait a minute, you're telling me you haven't even been on a date, just the two of you? No, no, right? You know, we just were focused on the kids. I said, whoa, wait a minute. And I kept back, kept coming back to this topic on a regular basis until she got sick of me and did something about it. But I said, if you and your kids are fighting, you're still a family. If you and your husband are fighting, you're not a family, you're not spouse to them, you're not a parent to your children because they don't see a healthy relationship. You need to learn to spend time, uh, to invest some time with your spouse to make yours a better marriage. Your marriage is priority two. God is one, your spouse is two, kids are three. Get over that, get used to that. Make your spouse your first priority. Um, so lots of distractions in our worlds. Um, we think we can multitask. We pretend we can multitask and focus on many things at once, when in reality, you're just switching very quickly from one thing to another. Love to tell this story too. Um, when Lorraine's mother was still alive, she was on the phone, they were on the phone to each other, and Carmen said, what's that? What's that word you kids use when you're when you're doing more than one thing at once? And Lorraine said, multitasking? Yes, I learned that I can multitask. And Lorraine said, 
how's that? She says, I can sneeze and pee at the same time. <laughs> we should have met her. She was fun. <laughs> so, talk about evangelizing. And that's what this entire conference is about. That famous line, that memorable line that we say at the end of the rosary, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. We are to be examples. We are to lead. We will fail. We will embarrass ourselves and others, but we have to try. We have to do something. Um, Lorraine and I attended... Um, Perhaps some of you were there too. It was called Hundredfold. It was a diocesan uh, conference in Iowa City last winter. And Rhonda Grunwald came and to talk about the subject of vocations. Um, and part of what got us there was this promise of maybe talking about marriage vocations, uh, which actually she didn't cover that day, but we had a chance to talk to her a little bit about it. And, and that whole topic of vocations that she delivered was the same message. We are called to lead others to Christ. And that's what we truly believe we're doing with this mission. With this mission. So the history of our mission. Years, um, years ago, Tony's sister, Jean, and her husband, Tom, um, were involved in something called in, um, an evening to celebrate marriage. And it was in their parish in Dayton, Ohio. They had uh, a meal, a speaker, uh, games, fellowship, and after hearing about that success, we thought, you know, we should bring that to we should bring that to St. Paul's, and we did. So we um, probably about three years, I suppose, we offered an evening to celebrate marriage. We had a buffet, we had speakers like a psychologist one year, the priest one year, married couple one year. We played the newlywed game, which was a food at our age. Um, and because, of course, you know, you, you stack it so there's a longer, you know, married and then the young ones, and they won, I think, if I every time. But um, we did that for about three years, and the life got busy, and the parish center got busy, and somehow it fell apart. So we had talked about um, some couples that were splitting up in our, in our parish, and some good families being torn apart. And our children were grown at that time, and that desire came back again with what can we do for our parish. Uh, we wanted to create something special for the couples and um, that vision returned to us on supporting marriages. So we talked to Father Tony Harold, our pastor, and he was thrilled with the idea. He said, yes, we need to do this. And so we met with some other faith friends. Um, they have the same vision that we have. We began to um, plan our first event, which ended up being um, a Valentine's Day dance or celebration. We had speakers and a meal and fellowship. And the speakers, we asked two couples. We asked one that had been married 50 plus years and another one about, or they had been married about 15 years. And they shared their wisdom and their joy and a few of their trials. And they also shared how their faith brought them closer to each other and, and to Jesus. And I thought that was really great for some of the couples who had just shown up but weren't really deep into their faith. And that's what we found with the program we're going to, or the uh, thing that we've decided to share with you today is that that brings those couples that are kind of on the outskirts, the ones Ryan was talking about not having to share feelings, brings them in and then gives them a chance to share and to learn and to grow. So at the end of the night, we gave them a, um, a survey and we asked them, you know, what are some things that you would like to have to help support your marriage? We took that survey and we met with a formal committee. We had about eight couples together. We had a dual purpose. Uh, we said we're going to plan for future events and we're going to discuss what this mission discuss what this mission is because we felt drawn to do this. So what we resulted then from the survey um, were some offsite retreats. That was our first big event. After that. Uh, we went out to the Girl Scout Pavilion. We had speakers. We had time for couples to walk the grounds and to um, have time with just each other, sharing their ideas. And then also uh, we, had, we had babysitting. That was also, that a lot of our young couples need that babysitting, that chance to be able to know that their kids are safe within distance, I mean, short distance from where they are and um, have that time with their spouse. We studied the five love languages. 
by um, Gary Chapman, and we had two um, psychologists that happened to be in our parish, and they helped lead that. We had one study um, group that decided to do the marriage course. It's the Alpha for Marriage. It's a video series. You watch it as a whole group. Um, they break, and you have like 10 minutes to go and talk with your spouse about whatever the topic was, and then you get back together as a whole group again. And it's really divided or designed just to be with your spouse and to talk. How often do we have time just with our spouse? And so that was something that was really fun. Our group decided, though, that we we're missing a piece, and that was that sharing again with the whole group. Now understand that this group has been together for quite a while, and we have that relationship, but that worked really well. We hosted a marriage booster retreat. Um, we hired Pete Larson, who is a professional speaker on marriage. It was a great day. We had great games and just, again, time to be with other people. And then our most recent was just uh, February 9th of this year. We celebrated World Marriage Day. And that, again, went back to Rhonda Grunewald's um, hundredfold idea. Um, we had a mass, 430 mass. Father Tony blessed all the married couples. It wasn't just those involved in the best, but they had them all stand up. We had a beautiful best, uh, blessing. And then we followed with an evening of fun, of um, food and drink and fellowship again. So, as Lorraine mentioned, um, this steering committee, this group of like-minded individuals with this goal in mind, uh, kind of went down two parallel paths, or, or at the same time, two paths. One was to plan events, but we also knew that we wanted to put some definition around what we were up to. Um, what is our mission? What is our goal? What's our vision for this? If we're successful, how will it look in five or 10 or 20 years? And so we spent a lot of time talking about that. We spent a lot of time in our kitchen. Um, and in one particular night, I had asked people to bring um, just a paragraph as to what in their mind was our vision, what was our mission um, for this, this task that we were up to. Um, so everyone, or most people brought something. We put those paragraphs, if you will, up on poster boards, and we just Hung them on our kitchen cabinets and looked at them and talked about them. What do you like? What do you not like? And we argued over Christian versus Catholic and you know supporting versus encouraging. And, you know, we just had some great debates and boiled those down and put the key words individually up on poster boards. And then for each word, we came up with what are synonyms for that word. And so we had hundreds, if not thousands, of words. Upon, upon our kitchen cabinets. And from there, then we formed into small, small groups, four to six people, and, and said, okay, come up with perhaps an even better uh, vision statement. So we took those, we narrowed them down to about three of them, which were all very similar in nature. And then we ran out of time that night. And Lorraine and I were driving to Ohio to visit relatives and, and just took those with us and it just, there was something about this concept of trying to get your message across in a paragraph that in today's world of very, very short attention spans just didn't feel right. Sidebar, there's an, another movement in our parish to try to bring individuals into the church, into some kind of excitement that our parish calls Ignite. We want to ignite your faith. And we thought, what if we had just a single word that could draw them into this mission, this supporting your marriage and working on your marriage mission? And we came up with the word invest because that had shown up in some of those paragraphs. And so we created what you have in front of you. Our mission is as simple as this. Invest in your marriage. And the bottom line is sending the message that we are help, we are here to help you build stronger Christian marriages. So we use this logo on everything we do. It's on our parish website, on our section of it. It's on every piece of material we print. We would invite you, we would encourage you, steal it. It'll be in the materials um, that you can get to on the diocesan website when we're done. Ask us about it. Create your own if you want, but steal what we've done. We're not getting paid anything, so what do we care? You know, this is... We want to lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of mercy. So how I got involved in this effort was uh, 
a couple close to me was in crisis. And I approached one of the other couples in this group and uh, I told them a story about how I had met with the, the, the husband in this couple and asked him what I could do to help. And he, he said, I just need other guys around me. I need other husbands. Um, and I need to learn to be a better uh, spouse. And so I said, well, we could put together a group, and who would you like, and who would you, who inspire you, who do you respect, and my gears were turning on what we could do as a small group of men to try to uh, support marriages, and I, and I shared that with one of the other couples in the uh, group, and he's like, well, what if we thought bigger than that, and we did this for marriages in the whole parish, not just husbands, not just wives, but just really tried to support marriages, and I didn't know that they had all this other stuff going on in the background. Um, and so we started talking about it, and in the meantime, uh, as part of deacon formation, we have to do 50 hours of field placement a year. We have to come up with a project. And I was trying to do one project in the parish, one project out of the parish, and I was like, well, I could kill two birds with one stone here, totally selfishly, and I could do this, and it could work for that, and, and I could help, and, and this might be really cool. So um, we decided that we were going to try to put together some sort of a simple program that would, uh, it, get people around the table. That was really what we were shooting for. And there was a method to our madness of how we went about it, but the, the keys were, it needed to be simple enough that it wouldn't scare people away, and it needed to be consistent enough that this would build and be more than just getting together for our Valentine's Day thing. So the way I like to explain it is the thinking behind it was to offer support to couples in three circles. And imagine throwing a pebble into the water and the first one hits the middle and it ripples out from there. And we support that with circles around it. So the first circle is, of course, um, the couple. As Tony was talking about earlier, too often in our marriages, we just don't take the time out. Life is so busy. And it, even if we do have time together, uh, we've got the cell phone in, the, in one hand and uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, whatever. Especially if, you've got, if you're living in the trenches with little kids and that kind of thing. Taking a time out to stop and go do something, just those two people, as Tony was talking about earlier, is so rare in our culture right now. And it's so simple. Just take a time out and spend time together, but how rarely we do that, or offer an opportunity to do that. So that was the first thing. We wanted to make sure that not only did we get that couple to sit down together, but that we had them together uh, on a regular enough basis that this became a rhythm in what they were doing. And so that's where the idea of the small group uh, support system came in. So not only are we gonna have the couples spending time together, but we're also going to surround them with like-minded couples that have valued their faith. This clicker is, oh, now we just lost the whole thing. Well, I'll keep talking and somebody can uh, address our technology issue in the back, that'd be super. Um, there we go, that's the third circle. The second circle is the small group. So what we want to do is say, all right, now we have four to uh, eight couples that have all said, yeah, I need this in my marriage, and I value my faith enough that I'm going to sign up for this program. And we're going to put those around each other so that not only is this couple supporting each other, but they're looking around the room and saying, hey, there's other people in this world that think this is important. Because again, when you go out to the country club for drinks or whatever you're doing on a Saturday night, those values might not be present. So we want to make sure that we're putting a support system in place, whether they know it or not. Now, the couples that we put together, we didn't put everybody's best friends together. And we'll talk more about this in a little bit. We really tried to vary perspectives so that we had young and old, married five years, married 25 years, all of those different things, uh, so that we could have different perspectives around the table. And then the last was to put the parish around it. Uh, Lorraine talked about Father uh, Tony Harold, our pastor, was very supportive of this, but even beyond that, the parish staff, the way this was talked about, the way this was presented to people, uh, the way we went about uh, integrating the different couples together, we had great support from top to bottom in the parish, and that has rippled back out to the parish in some couples that maybe were going to Mass every now and then, are coming regularly, they have some familiar faces. Um, we're getting better participation in some of our other ministries because they found a home and a place that they feel comfortable. And all of this is helping from top to bottom to uh, continue uh, our mission to build that stronger marriage. So what we did in our uh, small group materials was 
we went with a one sheet uh, of paper model. And this is what came on one sheet, on the front and back. Always prayer. Start and finish with prayer. And we provided every detail that they needed to run a small group meeting. They'll type the prayer out so all they had to do was read it. Because, oh, I don't know, I'm not very good at extemporaneous prayer. I'm not good at asking questions, or I can't do this or that. We got it all there. And if you're really dynamic and you can lead a small group, well, then you don't need these pieces, but they're there on your piece of paper anyway. This piece of paper would go out and email to uh, designated group leaders. Uh, we'd start and finish with prayer always. There would always be scripture involved. Usually uh, each month had a, a theme, and that bit of scripture would tie into that theme so that the word was always present in our, in our gatherings. There would be some sort of a reflection. Typically there was a video uh, along with some sort of a paragraph or, or a few things to foster discussion. Sometimes those videos were funny. Sometimes they were really emotional. Sometimes they were churchy. And sometimes they were very secular. I think we had a part of an episode of Friends one time. Uh, all kinds of different things. But to make it appealing to a wider audience. I remember one night in our group, uh, we, we kind of had a sports theme one month, and the guy was just like, yes, I can finally talk about this stuff. I totally get this. And he just felt more comfortable because it was a language that he spoke. Um, there was always sharing built in, but on two different levels. We'd give them some questions. Here's some discussion questions about the scripture. Here's some discussion about this reflection. Now, take this and go spend 10, 15 minutes, just you and your spouse split up, talk about this. Then let's come back and within some ground rules that we gave them out of respect for each other of what was kosher and not kosher to talk about in front of other couples, because that's important, then share that with each other. And what happens is very quickly, uh, people figure out that they can get really vulnerable with each other when Christ is seated at the table along with them. You'd be surprised at how superficial relationships are for people when the only interaction they have is with somebody in the office or somebody uh, at school or wherever it might be. When you see Christ at the table and you build these pieces around it, it can get real very fast. And that's where the ripple effect starts to happen to support outward throughout the parish because now people have valued, authentic relationships rooted in Christ and they have a home to go find it again and again and again. And you can replicate this over and over, not just in that small group, but throughout other activities that you do. And the last thing that we did was we gave them all an activity or two to do during the off time between then and the next meeting. Uh, different challenges and things that uh, we thought would be, would keep them plugged in together. So that that couple is still doing some stuff, uh, we encourage them to uh, meet with each other and uh, uh, the other couples in the group during the off time and uh, interact with each other there as well. So as we started to pull these groups together, we found out that there's a million different material sources out there. And generally speaking, if you look at marriage prep, marriage enrichment, they're gonna follow generally the same themes. You're gonna hear about money management. You're gonna hear about dealing with mother-in-laws. You're gonna hear about sex. You're gonna hear about communication. You're gonna hear about forgiveness. We all know what it takes, but very few of us are very good at putting all those pieces together and being successful at it. The point being, there's a million different places you can go to get information. And Mary Ann's sitting right here. She, one of the sheets that you got, these are just all kinds of resources that are available through the diocese. You don't have to put together your own one sheet then. There's a, this is just, this is just a, a front and back. You get online and spend about 30 seconds, you're gonna find a million more. Um, so there's plenty of opportunities out there for materials. As I mentioned earlier, when we put these groups together, we were very intentional. We asked the parish who wanted to be involved. We reached out to people and personally invited them to get them engaged. And then uh, we got a list of all the different names. We asked them what night of the week worked for them. Because what was very important to us, we didn't put together groups that they were gonna meet once and then, oh geez, we just can't get everybody together again. Everyone's so busy. So tell us, what night of the week are you available? And the fact that we wanted to put groups together that were a little different made that really work well. And that, wow, these are the people that are available Monday night. There you go. But those are the groups we had the most success with. The people that had, uh, you know, uh, different ages and different perspectives. Because the older people can young, learn from the young people and vice versa. It wasn't just a, a course for somebody who'd been only married for a couple years. 
There is a lot of mentoring both ways. We created a thing we called Companions on the Journey, and each month uh, you'd be paired with somebody else in your group. Uh, typically, most of the groups did a husband with a husband and a wife with a wife, and they try to get together for coffee or something, or go grab a beer, just get to know each other better on that one-to-one -one level, and that helped to uh, engage the two of them. Yeah, during that month. And we just set up a grid that if you're couple one, couple two, couple three, and we gave them like this little matrix so they could mix it up and know who was paired with who. We really didn't care how they met. We just were trying to encourage them to meet. And that was difficult. They didn't, it didn't work all the way through the year that we did this, but it, it, when it did work, it was really great. And some of them got together the, the, the pair. Um, and that worked too. But again, just really getting in the trenches with those individual couples. And then the other thing we did was we identified uh, influential, I'll call them influencer couples in our parish. I'm not saying this is your parish leadership. I'm saying these are those marriages that people look at in your parish and say, I want what they have. I want what that couple's doing. And we went to them and we gave them a letter. And this is some of the, in some of the materials in the, uh, on the diocesan website that we submitted. And we said, we admire what you do in your marriage and we want you to share it with other people. Would you come and hear about what we're working on? And they gathered, and we were hoping we might get a dozen or 15, 36 couples that agreed to be leader couples. So every group we put together ended up with two leader couples out of four to six couples. But that was great, because we had solid marriages seated in every one of them. And then we took those people, we brought them together, and we trained them. Not some formal crazy stuff. We talked to them about the importance of small group dynamics. The importance of letting everyone talk. The importance of knowing boundaries of when somebody's going too far on something and, and saying, hey, you know, let's, let's stop that here. Understanding this isn't marriage counseling. This is group sharing. This is exploring your marriage. But some people may have wider issues. If we need to make sure somebody's there to be able to step in and address and get them to the right resource to uh, go to the next level if need be. So all of those things came together. And we started to see the different circles really grow. Uh, the couples were engaging in these monthly meetings. They were getting monthly activities to do things together. They were having fun. They were, all of a sudden, husbands were starting to crack a little bit on their hard shell of what they would and wouldn't do. Because um, it's always our fault, right? I learned that much. But anyway, um, the, the small groups were gathering for meals together. Um, the companion couples were getting together. So the small groups were really getting engaged and um, our, our particular group, we had um, one couple that really hadn't come to Mass that much that I see them every weekend now, so this was starting to really pay off, and, and that was pouring over to the parish. And even if people weren't involved in the small groups, they were hearing about it through the parish of this activity is going on. They're hearing about it in the bulletin. Uh, we're doing a special Mass. We're doing this retreat. All of these different things so that we're trying to create a culture where people understand that we're supportive of marriage in our parish. Now, one thing that I would tell you is as you venture down this road, you need to understand that marriages aren't the only ministry that you need out there. Every time that we stand up and we talk about uh, the marriage retreat, my widowed mother sits in and I usually get a, a text saying, you know, I, I wish I could be there, you know, those kinds of things. Sometimes these, these gatherings and these ministries can also hurt. So you need to make sure that you find the people that have a ministry for widowed people or single people or those kind of things, and let's encourage those too. That's just a little word of wisdom that I'll, I'll throw on at the end. But what we ended up doing is uh, some of the activities. Oh, we'll back up one. Sorry, we don't put that. These are just examples, and these are in your materials. I gave you every single sheet that we put together for the entire thing on the website, so you can download those. There's no copyright on them or anything. That most of the stuff I grabbed off the internet and put together and whatnot. But we did a month of compliments. We did a time audit to see how much time they were spending together with other people, with their kids. We did uh, a challenge to try something you've never tried before as a couple. It's, uh, keeping track of how you spend your money, um, sharing that with your spouse. This one was cool. Interviewing a role model couple, somebody that you think is really has a great marriage, go spend time with them. Then the next month you had to turn around and ask your kids, what do they think of your marriage? You want an honest answer? <laughs> ask a four-year-old what he thinks of your marriage. That was a, I wish I had it on video actually, but uh, uh, we challenged them to make a new holiday tradition that didn't involve any expenses. 
hug 30 seconds a day. You would not believe what it does for your relationship with someone to have physical contact beyond a superficial touch every single day. Try this at home. Hug for 30 seconds a day for one month. I guarantee you, your relationship will be better at the end of it. Um, they develop marriage mission statements. Um, we encourage them to go to confession together, not in the confessional at the same time, but go to confession together. Um, we had a foot washing ceremony for the couple to do together. Um, one of our other couples, they, they always challenge this, three meals and an overnight. You have to leave your home long enough to have three meals and an overnight. And uh, that, the last uh, one that we did was personal rosary mysteries, where we asked each couple to identify five times that they knew God was present in their relationship, and then pray a decade of the rosary over that mystery in their relationship. And that was just a really powerful, cool way to uh, reflect on everywhere we've been. Let me talk about some of the stories from our group. Um, we had a really interesting group. We, we ended up having our, the Burchettes and the Kenobis together. Um, it just happened that way. And we had, I know, it was awesome. And we had um, uh, two other couples. And one, uh, he had just converted the year before. He was so laid back. He, he was one of those arts guys that could think of an artsy brain. And, and she was like this. So one thing that you did mention was we had to come up with a song for your marriage. And we had a lot of fun with that. We hear, I hear a song from like the 70s or 80s and they think, no, that was not a good song. But there was one couple, um, she had a song for every day of the month. Because we met once a month is all we met. And then he came up with it like the night before. Um, the other, it's true. The other couple um, had no positive role model as far as marriage. Her parents were never married. Um, his parents divorced when he was very small. And uh, they didn't have that connection with any couple other than superficial. So getting in with us, they're ones that are they're leading this next time. They're you know at, at church every week. They are just positive, positive. And um, that's they, cool. uh, uh, when I went uh, and had my companions on the journey, meeting with him for the first time. No, second time I guess it was. He started to really open up and. I knew we were getting somewhere. I knew we were having some success when he said, how do you, how, how do you deal with all these distractions in your life, the sports and, you know, with, my kid has 27 baseball games, you know, and all this kind of stuff. What, when do you say no? And I, I didn't give him the answer. I let him come to the answer. I just asked questions. And, well, what is your priority? And how do you, where do you find time to spend with your family, not looking at them across the field, but sitting at the table or having a conversation with the individuals in your family and as a family, those kind of things. So just really, really fun stories that it was so fun to watch these couples grow uh, throughout this process. The most important thing is about this program that we put together that I want to emphasize to you is that the time spent together is way more important than the material you put in front of them. You can have them do a Bible study. You can just have them get together for a meal, whatever. You want to have it be Christ-centered, obviously, because that's what the church is offering in this, is more than just a social outing. But don't sweat the material. Get people spending time together. That's the encounter. That's what we're talking about in Joy of the Gospel. That's the encounter between the couple. That's the encounter between the small group community, and that's the encounter through the larger community getting people to spend time around the table with Christ. Uh, and once you go one more slide as well. So how has this uh, benefited our parish? I think you've heard some stories, obviously. We've got people coming to Mass. We've mass, we got stronger marriages. Um, hopefully they're finding more time for Christ and finding more time for each other. Um, these were helping develop the leaders in our parish. There are leaders throughout every group in your parish, but I think for most of us, you look around in your parish and who's making it happen, who's really the leaders, is probably those uh, married couples that have, that have invested time in each other and, and tried to find Christ in each other. So we do that through building trust um, in these small groups, getting them to share, as Ryan says, more than just superficially, and grow personally, and um, they're doing so in these small groups. 
we were very, very careful about who we invited to be leaders um, in these groups. And as Ryan said, we were astounded by how many people responded uh, to that call. So I want um, Lorraine to tell a story about um, one of the members of our small group. Moving forward, we are getting ready to start another year of small couples that are meeting once a month. Uh, one of the gals um, in our group said she was really talking to her friend and her friend just didn't have time. You know, they had the small children, they didn't have time. Um, and she said, you don't have three hours a month to work on your marriage. And you know, it really boils down to that. There's a little homework to do. Um, you know, that's it, but you don't have three hours a month to work on your marriage. Uh, we had one couple that um, went through um, the invest for that year, and um, they have four small children. They have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and two twins. I mean, two twins. <laughs> twins that are, tw that are two. And um, they can't go out once a week. They said that we can't pay a sitter. So they get the kids to bed fairly early, and then they have their movie night, where they have their time, their peace and quiet and prayer time. So that's, that's kind of cool, too. So the next step, what we're up to now, we just, our year started uh, last year's right after Easter and it completed at Easter this year. So we did a year, a calendar year, and we asked, we told people signing up what they were committing to. You're committing to 12 meetings um, over the next year. And we said, we want you to commit to this night and make this a priority and you shouldn't meet if you can't get everybody together. And for generally speaking, groups followed that rule. Um, we had we have 74 couples signed up for year two of Invest, and we're not inventing our own materials for this one. Um, we're using Dynamic Catholic. Just came out with a course called Better Together, which is totally free. Um, it's a marriage prep and marriage enrichment program, and there's a couple of the the things that are maybe lean a little more marriage prep, uh, but I would say save maybe one that's specifically marriage prep. Any of this material would work. Um, it's got video elements, it's got uh, discussion stuff and everything. So we're still putting together the one sheet that's going to go out to leader couples, but it's going to be built around that dynamic Catholic uh, content. Something with that is um, we had looked at, at starting that in April, and we got our names in, and we're looking at all this, and they fell into nice places. We had four couples on every night, a couple groups on a couple nights, and we looked at those names, and that this is great you know we won't be meeting very long and one of our uh, facility or one of our uh, steering members said you know these are people that we would expect to be here each of these people know other couples that would benefit from this what if we hold off for a month have these people invite other couples and see what happens we picked up 12 other couples so that was really that was like a holy holy spirit moment to say you know put the brakes on it's not our plan. Let's let and see what happens if we take a little more time. And then, yeah, in the fall, um, I was on the board of Camp Shalom, which is headquartered here in the Quad Cities, but the camp is at, up by Makoka uh, for a number of years. And so we're planning a uh, kind of a family camp uh, where couples can bring their kids with them, come to Camp Shalom, stay in cabins, and um, we'll have programming for them. For the, for the couples and we'll have programming for the kids so that they're not together for the programming. Um, you know, bonfire, have some food to eat, go on some hikes, uh, and um, just get away, get away from the TV, get away from the phones, get away from the ball games, and just be together. Let your kids see you working on your marriage together um, in, a, in a fabulous uh, place to do it. So. So the practical steps, our advice, if you want to do this at your parish home, the five steps up here. Number one, prayer. I put the Holy Spirit as great advice. Uh, if it's on your heart, pray on it. And find the people uh, that uh, have that same burning desire. Uh, go find those folks. Identify those key people in your parish that have the, the marriage that you know people admire. Again, these aren't necessarily your loudest and proudest, these are those authentic Christian marriages that we all know uh, when we see them. Um, ask them to help. They'll be flattered, and they probably will really value uh, this opportunity and see the need for it in your parish. Um, go get your leadership involved. Um, get your pastor on board. Get your parish staff on board. 
get the key people that you know you should need. Um, you might find uh, in your community, maybe you have some counselors that could be a resource. Uh, Marianne and the, uh, the diocese ha has resources for you, as is on that sheet. There are opportunities for you outside of your immediate parish four walls that you might want to pull into this that could really help this be a success. And then seed the field. Do not count on a paragraph in the bulletin to ever do anything in your parish, okay? If you don't own it, and go out and get people involved, and tell them you have a talent, you have an ability that can serve this church, you're never going to get them involved. People are waiting to be asked. You have to have the courage to go do it. And the best thing you can do is go touch 10, 12 couples, have them go touch 5, 10 more, and next thing you know, you have a couple hundred people participating in marriage enrichment in your parish. The last thing, you just got to do it. As uh, we heard in the last talk, be bold, go do it. Some options are better than others I put up there, but doing nothing is the worst thing you have on the table right now. So find some materials, do something. You can use the, the readings for the upcoming weekend if you have to, but you can do this. Don't bite off more than you can chew. You can start small. This doesn't have to be a huge production, but there is a place in every single parish in this diocese for supporting Christian marriage. So how do we help you get started? This is time for questions and answers. This is time to be bold. Um, and this is time for us, as we've said before, to recognize that our parish is not your parish. What worked for us may or may not work for you. You've got to decide. You're closest to it. You're from a different sized town. You're from a different sized parish. There are different dynamics, different types of married couples, different mix of this, that, and whatever. So. Help us help you. And I'll add to that, um, Lorraine and I are more than willing to come to your parish to help have a discussion about getting this started. What we would ask for you to do first is to find some like-minded couples, form at least a loose team, get your pastor on board, and then call us and say, we want you to come have a discussion. We want you to come share with these other people what we shared with you here today. Get them excited about it. Talk about what might work. Talk about those things. Well, this is the way we've always done it. Okay, throw that in the trash can. Let's be bold. Let's try something new. So, that's our presentation. What questions? Yes, ma'am. Great question. Um, so, yes, we were very prayerfully um, led by the Holy Spirit in forming these groups uh, the first time around. And we told everybody, this is for a year. We culminated it with a kind of a marriage celebration mass and a reception, uh, light hors d'oeuvres and, and drinks and whatnot. And we told them, well, a few months ago, we're going to be starting something new. And we gave them the option. If you have a group already formed, either the group that you were just in or some other couples study group, couples group of some sort, you can do that or we will put you with someone. And it's interesting, it's about, I would say, half and half. There are, again, 74 couples. We had 75 the first time around. So similar number of couples. Some have gone off and done something else or not doing anything, and some are new into this uh, process. So those that asked to be put with somebody were once again prayerfully, what night can you meet? And who's best with whom? Make sure we don't have people, relatives together, working together, you know, kids, you know, that are best friends together or, or best friends uh, together, something like that. Um, so, and again, you gotta kind of play it by ear what's gonna work. We, we've got some groups that are 12 couples, which is not necessarily our preferred model it's harder to share that kind of thing but you know what they're doing something they're enthusiastic about this let them go give them the material and let them figure out how to best and in looking at those groups they all have good leaders that can help keep this thing going and keep it appropriate i would add that 
in a small group dynamic, we've run into several times a real resistance to break up groups. And I would, there, there's two ways of looking at it. Certainly, we want to continue to foster those relationships, and that's important. But after a year of doing this, those couples have the tools to all go out and offer that experience to other people. And if you keep them in the same group, as hard as it is to ask them to step away, you're, you're confining them. Where if you really want to get this out to the parish, it's challenging those people to step out of their comfort zones and into a different experience that will be different. And that's sometimes a challenge too, where they try to make it the same thing every time. But I'd really encourage you to, to really pray on that and think about it before you decide not to ask people to split up. I, I, we fully understand that in many of your communities, it's like the community I grew up in. Half the people in my class were first cousins of mine. You know, some of them in more than one direction. You know, so that, that gets a little cumbersome. To get that. Yes. So our parishes are in cluster. Yes. Okay, after all that, we get to say we're not worthy, right?
is to take that and get it right at the source, yep. right at the seed. Yep. That's where it needs to be. We're, yeah. We actually had a couple um, who was engaged that went through this year-long process. And they were so excited that the second year they're actually going to be married, you know. And we had um, our retreat out of the Girl Scout camp, uh, north of town here, beautiful setting. We had how many engaged couples from Lords? Came. We had we had probably three or four couples coming, which is interesting when they're signing up and they have like four names because they're like, what? Oh, and then this is engaged. So that kind of you know, but but it was wonderful for them to hear some of the obstacles that they're going to come up against. elements of what was behind this process, and that is we've got, I would argue, great programs. Lorraine and I were mentor couples for, uh, a mentor couple for many, many years, and, and still run into and have conversation with keeping in tabs with a lot of those couples. But it's like, uh, the best analogy would be, um, you know, learning to ride a motorcycle. You can read a book, you can listen to somebody, but until you've hopped on that motorcycle, you have no clue what you're up against. And here we bring these couples right up to their wedding day and say, here's what to expect. But until you've fought, until you've been overdrawn, until you've not agreed upon where you're spending more time over Thanksgiving at, her house or theirs, you know, you don't, you don't have a clue. So we wanted to have something where we could pick them up there and keep shepherding them along the way. And that's why we're singularly, not singularly, we're particularly focused on those brand new married couples. We've got those names. We're sending them invites. We're asking, who knows these people? we got to invite them. You know, got to make sure they take part in this. As well as people who've been at it for a little while. Yes? Yeah, great question. We met in our homes. And Typically, we, we started out with the, the prescription that we would meet in the leader couple's homes, just to kind of have a little more, I don't want to use the word control, but a little more influence over it. But it very quickly evolved into, we went around, you know, those four couples. We went and met in their homes every time. And what also evolved was there were a few older kids and some younger kids, and we kept them occupied in that home all of the kids from these four couples. Now, in our case, ours are grown and gone. But the other three couples, those kids were together. There were a couple of times where we said, we specifically want to be just couples that night. Well, that came actually from the parents who said, I know I'm gonna get more, this is becoming a priority enough for me that I'm willing to hire a babysitter tonight because I know I'm gonna get more out of it if the kids aren't constantly running up the stairs and grabbing on. We tried to do it. Yeah, we locked them in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> We were very careful to keep it to a time limit so that, I mean, as much as we wanted to continue talking through the night, we kept it to a time limit to be respectful about people sleep and those kids and how wonderful it is to have a kid up to the time of night and try to get them out of bed next week. So, yeah. I think my last question is to, you said that there's tons of materials out there. Mm -hmm. Perfect question to finish up. Yep. Um, so because they did this all digitally and we didn't have to print out papers, I set up everything. I sent every single single sheet. I sent the letters that we sent out to couples. I sent the companion couple explainer. I sent our FAQs. I sent, not for you to take that and just go do it. I mean, you can, I don't care. But more to give you some inspiration to just go do something. 
The point about the material is don't go through everything. Don't pour through all that stuff because it's all good to stuff. I mean, make sure that it at least has a, a, a good Christian foundation in it. But don't kill yourself because these groups will flourish just reading the gospel reading if that's what you have to do. It's more about getting the people together and spending time together. So we'll hang out here for a little bit and happy to visit with you, but I want to be respectful of the, the time break that we have. And uh, I believe everybody got a copy of the marriage prayer coming in from, uh, yeah, let's uh, pray that together before we finish. And Marianne, too, if you don't know Marianne Agnoli down here, um, this is her part of her job. She wears like 75 hats, but one of her biggest hats is, right. So if you don't know Marianne and you're interested in this, certainly grab her sometime throughout this weekend and ask her for some ideas as well. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Almighty and eternal God, you bless the union of married couples so that they might reflect the union of Christ with this church. Look with kindness on them. Renew their marriage covenant. Increase your love in them. And strengthen their bond of peace so that, with their children, they may always rejoice in the gift of your blessing. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Which is website is awesome too for Catholic resources for your marriage. So 